When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Off The Bench. The biggest names in Aussie sport are here every weekend. Yeah, welcome to Off The Bench. We've been off for the Christmas break. This is Jason Matthews and welcome to it wherever you are listening. I hope you you got a great weekend plan. Maybe it's just watching the cricket like I am. Still, those lawns aren't going to mow themselves though, aren't they? But uh, yeah, big weekend of test cricket coming up. Good to see Pukowski make his debut and Warner back in the test team as well. We're going to talk crickets. Uh, we had a chat with Glenn McGrath early in the week live from Mumbai. He's actually calling the cricket for Indian television in Mumbai. So we'll catch up with Glenn McGrath. Of course, it is the pink test. We'll chat to him in just a sec. Uh, also uh, on the show today, Brett Kamali with some NRL news for you. I'm uh, going to catch up with Matt McKeld on this talk that the Formula One Grand Prix, the Australian Formula One Grand Prix, might not be going ahead. We'll find out what Matt McKeldon from the driver's seat thinks about that. And the world according to Katie Brown. Interesting mind, Katie Brown. A little bit, something a little bit lighter to end the show on tonight. But let's get stuck into it. Uh, Glenn McGrath, we spoke to him earlier in the week from Mumbai. Actually, we might ask our next guest if he's ever walked a, uh, a llama. This bloke's played 124 tests. Well, I think double that in ODIs. He's taken 563 wickets in tests at 21.64 badge. That's a handy average. Batting average, not so, but he was very proud to bat at number 11 for Australia. Can I just highlight the batting yes. average? 7.36, high score of 61. Glenn McGrath, welcome to Sports Day. G'day, boys. How are you going? Very good. Have you ever walked a llama? No, I haven't. Uh, I'm trying to think I've ever been around a llama. I've been around a lot of other animals growing up on a farm, but... Uh, not too many llamas. You're not that. I mean, you're you're over in um, in India at the moment, and, and we do appreciate you you coming to us uh, from from Mumbai. Not that far, I guess. If you head north to the Himalayas, you might be able to find a llama or an, <laughs> or an alpaca, alpaca or something up that way. <laughs> yeah, no, we do appreciate yeah, it. It'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice to get out of the bubble here. I'm in the bubble from uh, the hotel to the TV studio, uh, still commentating on the cricket. But uh, yeah, it's been. Uh, in lockdown, which I guess a lot of other places. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting up in the Himalayas. I reckon that'd be pretty cool. Beautiful, beautiful. There's all sorts of bubbles and stuff going on with the cricket and all and, and, and many other sports and just people in general life over here, as you know. But, of course, um, a significant day coming up or a significant test coming up, the the pink test uh, and Jane McGrath Day. You, you're going to miss it this for the first time, I believe. Yeah, so I'm not going to be at the ground, and I know there's a lot of restrictions at the ground, what we can and can't do, but uh, I'm commentating on the cricket over here from Sony. Uh, I'm doing uh, live crosses into Channel 7 to you know, to, to chat to, to the boys back there and girls, and uh, so I'm still going to be very involved in it, and I think if, if last year taught us anything with COVID, that uh, things can be done virtually, and uh, mm. I'm still... Uh, 100% involved in the pink test and especially Jay uh, McGrath Day, but doing it from a, a virtual or from a, from a different location. Now, you've been part of uh, the pink test for 13 years. Now, we understand the foundation this year is launching a new initiative, Glenn, because we've got restricted numbers at the ground. And as you say, because of COVID, tell us about this. 
Yeah, no, exactly right. I think uh, it's been changing nearly day by day, hasn't it? So mm. at the moment, it's uh, 25% of the crowd are allowed to come into the game. Um, so there's a lot of people that you know look at the Sydney uh, Test as, as something very special. They love coming down and coming to the Pink Test, and, and this year, unfortunately, they won't be able to do it. So we thought uh, with our website, pinktest.com.au, you can jump online there and buy a virtual pink seat uh, for $20 and still be there in spirit. And uh, we've set ourselves a bit of a goal of raising $1 million, uh, which will fund seven McGrath breast care nurses and support over 700 families in uh, in a 12-month period. So you can still support the foundation, uh, even though you may not be able to be at the test. And uh, yeah, there's lots of other things from auction items where you can bid on the players' baggy pinks that they're signed and donating um, the Aussie shirts, Aussie player shirts, they're signing those and donating them to us again. Um, and I've donated uh, a six-day trip around the Australian Outback with uh, Outback by Air. Uh, my uh, my company is set up with a good mate of mine and I'll be hosting that, uh, that trip as well. So there's lots of things you can be doing, plus hosting a pink party. I know my wife and kids back home, they're hosting a pink party and really getting behind the foundation. So there's a lot... Uh, people can do if they can't get to the game. That'd be an outstanding prize. And Scotty Sattler might throw in a llama walk as well. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, got, he's, he's got some special stuff happening. Uh, so the McGrath, the Jane McGrath Day and the foundation, it's still mostly or all about um, the, the breast care nurses. Is that right, Glenn? Yeah, uh, very much so. The, you know, the McGrath Foundation that we set up back in 2005, the two main... Uh, goals or objectives I guess you could say was one was to raise awareness of breast cancer but also in younger women and the other one was to raise funds to place breast care nurses in communities right across Australia so that's what it's about and even you know fair enough we're raising money we're looking to, to place more breast care nurses but the awareness it's created as well I've heard quite a few stories where you know people sitting at home watching watching the cricket um, and uh, they 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 hear the awareness that's been creating. They go and check themselves out. They notice something different and mm. go along for a checkup and find out they've got early, early stage breast cancer and they the treatment straight away. And it's all about early detection is mm. what saves lives. And because they found it so early, um, they've had it treated, sorted out, and they can get on with living life. And that was because of the awareness created around the, the Sydney test as well, the pink test. So I think those stories are, are really special too. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't believe this this figure. I read today, Glenn, that 55 Australians will be diagnosed with breast cancer every day this year. That's incredible. No, exactly right. It's now the most commonly diagnosed cancer in Australia, uh, and that's about 19,800 women a year, plus a bit over 160 uh, guys get diagnosed with breast cancer as well. So it's, it is something that can happen to us men as well. And if if you notice the change, you know, male or female, we need to with our bodies, we need to get on top of it early. Um, and I think that's women have always been good at that. But our us blokes probably need to be a little better at that too. So mm. yeah, that that awareness is 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 incredibly important. An amazing thing you've done. And and, and Jane was English, wasn't she? And um, I wonder if you realise that if you decided to play for England, you'd be Sir Glenn McGrath now. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon I see sure. innocent? They uh, they haven't uh, knighted him yet, but I saw uh, Alistair Cook and, and Andrew Strauss have, have got theirs. But you know that's the way it goes. If I saw, 
there's never a choice who you're going to play for, though, is there? <laughs> nah, I can't all. believe they didn't knight him because the Australians will give him a hard time yeah, when we play in the Ashes. <laughs> Next this year or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't I do that. wouldn't do that, would they? No, <laughs> not at all. Now, listen, for more info, go to pinktest.com.au. You can make a donation, buy your virtual seat, plus also a lot more uh, information too uh, about the pink test. Now, let's get on to the test, uh, the third test. Um, looks like Pekofsky and Warner uh, will play um, what are your thoughts? Likely to, likely play, to yeah. play. Um, what are your thoughts, Glenn, on mm. having these two guys potentially opening the batting who haven't played much cricket in the last three months? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. Uh, with Warner, he was in pretty good form before he got injured uh, in the one-day series there. Hopefully he bounce, bounces back well. Uh, koski has been scoring quite a few runs in shield cricket earlier this season, so I know he copped that uh, another hit. Uh, to the head there in, in one of the warm-up matches. So hopefully he's uh, he's bouncing back. All reports is he's keen and he's 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 good and he's ready to go. Uh, but yeah, we've had a, a probably a little bit of an issue at the top of the order. Our last test, our batsman looked a little a little negative. Uh, it's, it seems they were batting for survival rather than looking to score runs. So hopefully with someone like Warner and his attitude coming back can change that. Um, you know, Steve Smith, I'm sure he's got plenty of runs left in him. He's had a pretty lean series because yeah. he comes back. But I think that the batsmen need to show a little bit more intent to back themselves a bit more. And all I'd say, I love seeing the team that I've played in go out there and play without fear. And I love seeing players do that. And I think the Aussies need to do that. They've got a quality bowling attack. So, you know, you can bowl teams out, but we just need to show a bit more intent in our batting. And if we do that, then... Yeah, I'm sure they'll be fine at the at the at the pink test. We've got a good record there. Out of the last 12, uh, 12 matches, Australia's only lost one. So hopefully we can continue that good run. How how good is this bowling attack? Or how highly do you rate them, Glenn? And there's been some cap- comparisons with yourself and Josh Hazelwood, and of course Cummins has been bowling really well. Mitchell Stark seems to have found his mojo. Maybe they they weren't, as you said quite up to scratch in that, that previous test. But it was, is it uh, as good as anything you've seen and, and played in as far as a, a bowling attack goes? Yeah, no, I, I have no issues with our bowling attack. I think they're brilliant. That's why we're number one in the world. I always thought this series was going to depend on, on which batting lineup handled the bat the bowling better because uh, there's two world-class bowling attacks. And, you know, the, uh, Australia's had its quality bowling unit for a long, long time. I think it's as good as any bowling attack that Australia's put on the field uh, and have just cut, got all bases covered. Mm. Mitch Stark has been going well. When he's swinging that new ball, he's a wicket taker. He's got that X factor and you know, he's as good as anyone going around. Uh, Josh Hayeswood, Pat Cummins, they're just so consistent and just at you all day, give you nothing, just quality. And then uh, Nathan Lyon, the goat, as they the call goat. Yeah. Um, you know, Australia's leading off-spin uh, wicket taker in Test cricket. So there's just no respite. And the way they bowled in that second innings in Adelaide, there was not a single bad ball. And, you know, that's, that's quality. And uh, I, we won the first test. And, yeah, so we just need to back it up a little bit in the field. We dropped a few catches in Melbourne, which is a little unusual. Uh, and we need to score a few more runs. If we do that, you know, we've got the bowling attack to, uh, to take 20 wickets. So, yeah, I, I think this bowling unit is as good as Australia's ever had. Yeah, all right. Well, before we let you go, you're over there in, in Mumbai. I was shocked that India played so well without Virat Kohli. Was there was there a sense of doom in India when Kohli had to had to pack his bags and come home? 
I think that, yeah, that first test where things got uh, turned pretty bad for India very quickly, they were a little bit disappointed, a little bit negative, a little bit flat. And with Brad Coley coming back, you know, they were wondering how they were going to win it. Mm. But it's sometimes when you get the, the, the best player coming back, it just allows other guys to step up. And, you know, Tinker Rahani did that there. The changes they made with Gill and Richard Punt and Jadeja coming back in and, and Siraj playing his first test, um, all four players had a, had a big impact and Rahani just really stepped up. So sometimes you take away your big boy, the, the other guys come out of the shadow and, and really lift, and I think that's yeah. what uh, India did. So did. They're, uh, they're a lot more confident over here, which uh, you know I, was, I preferred the first test uh, over here than the second, but uh, you know, <laughs> I think Australia can bounce back and you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a big match for the boys. All right, Clem, we better let you go, mate. Uh, to buy a virtual seat, to make a donation, or for more information about the Pink Test and the McGrath Breast Care Nurses, go to pinktest.com.au. Uh, good luck with the, the third test this week, and I hope it's a roaring success and we can get some more nurses out on the road. Glenn McGrath, live from Mumbai. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. No worries. Thanks, boys. Cheers. This is Off The Bench. This is Off The Bench. The biggest names in Aussie sport are here every weekend. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. Time now to catch up with Brett Kamali from NRL Nation. Uh, we spoke to him earlier in the week about all the comings and goings in the NRL and, of course, the big story this week, Mitchell Pearce stepping down as captain at Newcastle. Badge, let's bring in NRL Nation's Brett Kamali. G'day, Noddy. Uh, evening, Jason Badge. How are we, champions? Good, thanks. Good, good mate. Uh, let's let's kick off with this big news that came out this afternoon out of the Knights, Brett, about Mitch Pearce. He's been stripped of the captaincy. I guess we were expecting that to happen, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Obviously, the last few days we've heard the, the Newcastle Knights uh, general manager, Denny Badiris, talk about uh, Mitchell Pearce's issue pre-Christmas. Uh, obviously, it's been a disruption for their off-season. I would have thought... November 1 going forward in their off-season, they would have been extremely excited. Tyson Brazil's joining. Um, Jaden Braley's uh, back from injury. Bradman Best. Um, and, and all things are positive after making the eight. And just before Christmas, obviously, we get the texting issue. And you're right. Um, I expected the Newcastle Knights to strip Mitchell Pearce of the captaincy. He'd come out and done that himself. Um, they're still looking at a new model for their leadership model going forward. Um, there's no real clear candidates who that captaincy might be, but um, I think it's going to have a huge impact on, on Mitchell Pearce's career at the Newcastle Knights. I'm not too sure if they will now look to extend his deal beyond season 2021 when he comes off contract. Well, well, tail between his legs after everything that happened, so wouldn't be feeling too, uh, too good about it. Um, I also, we, we heard some stuff, and I know Sats has alluded to this, that they were looking at Gareth Widdop the Knights, but that isn't happening. Have you heard anything around around that? Maybe Widdop coming and Pierce, uh, well, you know, Gar- showing the door? Unfortunately, yeah. Well, Gareth Widdop has, unfortunately, for his ability to stay in the NRL, gone back to England. So uh, he did want to get out of his Warrington Wolves contract, very home. Mm. Obviously, the family are still um, based over here in Australia uh, and was quite happy to take quite a huge pay cut to... Um, to get a, a, an opportunity to play in the NRL, and um, that wasn't able to be found. So Gareth Widdop, as of today, I think is that he uh, committed to going back to the Warrington Wolves for the next or next year at least. He's got, I think he's got two, year to, two years to run on his deal. So um, you're right. I think he was looking at the Cowboys at one stage because there was a chance of 
uh, their young 5'8 going to the Knights a year early. Uh, mm. And then obviously the, the Mitchell Pearce drama, they've got a bit of chance of the Knights potentially sacking Mitchell Pearce, but that hasn't happened. Um, and I suppose no other clubs have got room for Gareth Widdop. So, yeah, unfortunately... For, the, for his return to Australia, he's actually had to go back to England. So well, I was quite, uh, I, I was quite shocked. To offer yeah, I was quite shocked, Noddy. I thought, I thought well, straight away, I thought the Broncos, who've been really poor around the halves and at fullback, in fact, mostly in their backs, haven't aimed up. And I thought for sure, with all the players that they've offloaded, um, Jack Bird and Darius Boyd gone, and not getting. For feeder, I thought for sure they would have been in the market for him. He's a quality player, Gareth Widdop, isn't he? I think he's a he's a he's a real winner. He's a great player, Gareth Widdop, and obviously been in that Melbourne Storm system for a long time, and then was a drag. And I think he had two good stints at both clubs. And the good thing about what you would have been able to get Gareth Widdop for is you're going to get him for a reduced price as well. So mm. um, you're right. I, I agree that it's quite strange that he wasn't able to come a huge reduction of his contract. He's on in in Warrington, and, and an Australian club actually take up Gareth Widdop. So. Yeah, I know he's had a few injuries lately um, in the last sort of year or so, but I, I think that just rides with the luck of the NRL, doesn't it? So yeah. you, you buy a player and hope that your own training staff can get him right and you get a bit of luck and stay injury-free. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Badge. Hey, Noddy, am I reading this right? Were you today talking about Ben Barber possibly trying to get back into the NRL via the Super League? Correct, yeah. Ben Barber has been uh, offered to several clubs in the English Super League. Uh, obviously, his management group have reached out to some of the clubs over there. Obviously, the NRL Integrity Department, uh, which is which, will have to register Ben Ben Barber's contract if he's applied to the NRL, um, have pretty much said he won't get another opportunity to play in the NRL. But like his last time he was stood down from the game, he had the ability to go to English uh, Super League or French Rugby. So both of those codes would be willing. Um, and, uh, and apparently some clubs in, in English Super League are looking at Ben Barber, who was a former Man of Steel winner at the uh, St. Helens Football Club when he, mm. when he spent two years over there before he came back to the Cowboys. That doesn't... But that won't get him back into the NRL. No, that, they won't have him back in It'll the just NRL. Be, well, so he, he'll just be in the he, Super League. He, he wants to try to go... Down that path, I think I hope he gets a deal and can play in England, or as you said, in France or somewhere. But I, I, I have no doubt in my mind they won't let him back in the NRL. No, I agree with you, Badge. I don't think he'll get another opportunity to play in the NRL after a number of occasions of being terminated from club contracts. Um, but for a person who's got so much talent, you know, he's won a Man of Steel award and a Dalian medal, um, mm. played in a, in a couple of grand finals, and, and been a, a winning. Uh, I think he was a winning premiership player at the Sharks. So, he was. Um, he was. You know, so obviously, you know, he's had, he's had a great career and he probably still thinks he's pretty young. And uh, in a way, you might be thinking he's he's wasted some of his career if he's not able to go to England and, and maybe, again, play a couple of good years over there and, and, and probably start generating some revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Xavier Coates, tell you what, this kid's on the rise. Talented kid. Unbelievable winger. Uh, four clubs are chasing him, including the Titans. And Badge said last night, they they possibly could have gotten him real cheap. He's from, he's from the Gold he's Coast. He's from the Gold yeah. Coast, and now they're interested in him for the start of the 2022 season, Noddy. Yeah, it's been quite interesting to see that uh, you know the, the Titans, the Broncos, and the Cowboys, that they must have missed him at a young age, because obviously, as you said, he grew up at, I think, Corumbin, wasn't it? And, um, and then obviously yep. come into the, into the Broncos system, and, and really, to be honest, no one really knew who he was before this year, and... Um, you know, and then obviously he goes off and plays State of Origin and looks like an exceptional talent. So, um, 
probably bad. You'd know better than me, but this is probably what the Broncos have the ability to do with all their feeder clubs up there is they can hide so many players and you actually don't even know who they've got in their system because they don't just have sort of the one reserve grade side where you get to keep an eye on who all their development players are. So, mm. as you said, wonderful talent. Um, the three, you know, the three northern, like as you said, Cowboys are straight interest, um, Titans and Broncos and obviously the Melbourne Storm. So his paycheck will go up. Um, be interesting to see if he's got any mates from the Gold Coast Titans, being the, the, the couple of Broncos players that have gone to the Titans or some of the kids who grew up with, whether they're playing for the Titans, because it would be a huge scoop to get David Fafita and then get Xavier Coates the year later. It'd be, it'd be positive sign for, sure. for, for the Titans. Yeah, well, we had a text from um, Michelle from Forbes. Which team do you think will land Coates? So uh, there you go. We're not so sure, but it's uh, the Brisbane Broncos will be doing their best, uh, Noddy, to, to keep him. But he's a uh, yeah. He's going to co- they're going to co- whoever gets him is going to cost him a lot more than the Gold Coast could have kept him for last oh, year. No, one of those big one yeah, that got through the yeah. hands, eh? Be interesting. I reckon he'll wait for a few months actually before he commits because I think he'll want to see how Kevin Walters coaches and what they can come up with the British yeah, Broncos. And, good point. Yeah. You know, rather than change clubs, I think he'll just check out what's happening because he's going to get an opportunity to play um, somewhere. But he'll probably whether he wants to leave the Broncos and see if, if they're the ones that gave him that start, whether they can repay the faith with with them coming good. All right, Brett Kamali, uh, thank you so much for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Have you been well? Very quickly. Been good? I've been great, yeah. It's been good, yeah. Things are good. Hitting him straight. Christmas and, uh, no, in a bit of a bad patch at the moment, but hopefully we'll fix that tomorrow, Badge. Join You're the club, Always mate. better than Woogie. That's the good news. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, that's right. Brett Kamali, thanks for your time on Sports Day, mate. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. This is Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Jason Matthews here for your weekend. I hope it's going well. Of course, it's Pink Test, as we spoke to Glenn McGrath a little earlier on. Um, one of the uh, the stories that came to light this week uh, from former racing car champ Alan Jones, not the broadcaster, but the racing car champ, suggesting that the Australian Formula One will be postponed and held in November uh, this year. We thought we'd get on from the driver's seat, our very own Matt McKeldon, to try and clear the air on this, the supercars, and also find out what's going down with Scott McLaughlin. Time to talk motor racing now, Badge. And, of course, the, the news going around at the moment is that the Formula One... Well, Alan Jones is pushing for the Formula One race in Melbourne right. next month to be postponed to the middle of the year. And is there likely... Well, he, he reckons it will, yeah. Yeah. We, we, I, I can't see it going ahead. Um, we actually had Lisa Neville, who was the Minister for Police and Emergency Services in Victoria. Uh, she had this to say today. As far as I know, there's been no decision that has been made to cancel, move or otherwise with the Australian Grand Prix. Of course, there hasn't been a decision yet. Let's bring in one of our motorsport experts from the driver's seat, Matty McKeldin. Hello, mate. Hello, boys. What do you think? Will we see the Formula One Grand Prix in February in Melbourne? The more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, uh, I absolutely. What's that mean? Sorry. I can't see it. I can't see it happening. It'll be the you same know? as last year. Absolutely. The only thing differing from last year, lads, is that you won't have punters at the front gate being told by <laughs> Foghorn that they're not allowed to yeah. uh, sit in their grandstand tickets. Because if you think about it logistically and logically, the majority of the teams are domiciled in the UK and in Italy, both countries that are in the grip of this horrendous. Uh, virus. So uh, when you then have to quarantine, come out to Australia and quarantine, it's not like the Australian Open where you've got four or five support staff. And a couple of tennis rackets. And a couple of tennis rackets. We're talking 
we're talking 50-plus staff and, of, for each team. And lots of big tra- trailer loads of vehicles. And, Absolutely. And, and d- you know, I guess they would have to get permission, too, to come over. So even if they want to come, there might be some big issues from the federal government about them coming out here. Well, I think the rules at the moment is you have to be an Australian citizen uh, to come to, to, come come back to Australia. In. So I – and – it's it's such a we obviously know that it's such a uh, an incredible virus that even Lando Norris from McLaren Formula One who's in Bahrain at the moment he tested positive overnight he's he's in Bahrain for a fourteen day um, uh, training camp and, yeah, he, well. and he's now going to be in the hotel. So. And, in fact, I think the Victorian government are looking at banning all travellers from the UK, which I, I don't, or from other countries. Full stop. So I can't see that. I can't see it going ahead. What does this mean, though, for supercars? Does this put supercars back as well? No, it doesn't because supercars have actually been quite smart. They hadn't, they didn't have Sandown Raceway on their calendar this year, but they did have it as a backup. And so they've actually got that circuit booked for the same weekend as Formula One was booked to come here. And if the Formula One guys can't come, they're not going to make up the Albert Park circuit just for, for supercars. So they're going to go out to, to Sandown and race their second round of the championship. Because the first one's in Bathurst, the Bathurst 500, which our colleague Scott Sattler on the weekend didn't realise the Bathurst 1000 meant 1,000 kilometres. Did you? No, he didn't. Know <laughs> he that. did. He said that on the radio, match. didn't he, Matt? He did. <laughs> he, there, is, bit, there is proof slower. in the annals that he did say that. 161 laps per – yeah. Uh, yes, 161 but, but there right. could then still be some issues around travelling from New South Wales to Victoria. So there's a lot of considerations still for 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 motorsport for, for supercars around that. If they if they do start in Bathurst, then they want to go to Sandown. Who knows what the Victorian government? They're getting tougher and tougher on New South Welshmen and anyone who's been in New South Wales every day. As I said, boys, the more things change, the more they stay the same. The first event, motor racing event this year, was due to be the ARG Race Tasmania event. that We got an email yesterday saying that that's most likely not going to happen now. But they have booked Winton Raceway in Victoria for the same weekend. The problem is if those borders remain closed between Victoria and New South Wales, half of the teams can't get there as well. Mm. So the supercar situation, a little different because there's not too many New South Wales teams there. But you're right, if we compete at the Bathurst 500, and then we have to go to Victoria, and the borders are still hard closed, we're back to the situation we were again last year. So I think this year we have to go in with a mindset of everything. It, it's got to be of a fluid mindset. This is our potential calendar. This is what we'd like to achieve. But who knows what's going to happen. So back to where we started, Formula mm. One. Mm-hmm. Still, would you be confident that there will be an Australian Formula One Grand Prix in 2021 at They're, some stage? They are saying that if if – if it is postponed from its current date, that it will likely return in November. November? Yeah. Well, that's go, better November. than middle of the year because, oh, mate, I can't see us well, I mentioned having... August, but maybe I'd just no, no pluck that out of nowhere. It's freezing cold in Melbourne, for starters, and this, this virus breeds in cold weather. Mm. And I, to think that we won't have any COVID come August in this country when we go through winter. That's just a mistake. I reckon bring all of these teams out from overseas with their cars and all their gear packed full of vaccine vaccinations. Right. Then you let them in the country. Right. In in all seriousness, though. That's going to that's going to be the situation. Is however these vaccines roll out, 
that will determine where and how we play. But having said, unfortunately, all of, I think I think a bit a bit like the US people over there think, oh, the vaccine's here, we're right now. Yeah, yeah. so and they're just getting out and about and mixing and mingling, and it it's just it's stop, exploding. It doesn't stop the virus from spreading. I know that we're not no. doing a medical chat here, and none of us are doctors. No, but but the th- it doesn't stop the virus from spreading. It it may prevent you from getting it. What I can't, what I struggle with, and I know it's it's a different sport, but what I struggle with. We saw it last year. You had the Bathurst 1000 where you're allowed 4,000 people. Outdoors. Outdoors on a circuit that most of them were going to go camping at. Yep. And then the very next week you had the NRL Grand Final in Sydney. And it was how many? 30? You guys are, you guys are NRL. Uh, it was 40,000. 40, was, it? was it half? Yeah. It was 50% or something like that. So, Why well, do you got a problem with footy? No, no, no. <laughs> Don't, mate. Please, please. You are I'll way bigger than me. There is no way I have I'll a never, problem with footy. Yeah, but he's but, a lot older. So. But, but SCG, tomorrow, the test, they're still going ahead. Yeah. So I, I understand somewhat the variances and the nuances of all of this, but – it, there's just no continuity. No, it. There's no, no consistency. There's, uh, I don't know. I, who knows? Hey, Gary asked me a really good question yesterday, and I couldn't answer. What's happened with Scotty McLaughlin? Is he in in the Indy cars? Are they racing? Uh, is it their season at the moment? No, it's not their season at the moment because they're three feet under snow right. uh, in the US. That would hurt. That would hurt it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Snowplow but- <laughs> racing. <laughs> it's been done. Um, yes, he is. He's He's confirmed for Penske. So he went over and had that last race, yeah. didn't he? Not long after the yeah. after Bathurst. How'd he go yeah. on that? Good. Yeah, really good until the race, until about halfway through the race. He made a bit of a rookie error that stopped that stopped right. his uh, run there. But but he's driving on the he's got he's on the is the wheel the steering <laughs> no. wheel is on the other side of the car. Oh, here we go. see. Here we go. And he's going the other way. It's an open wheeler. Oh, is it? Yeah. What's that mean? It's yeah. like a canoe with wheels. <laughs> no. So it's right in the middle. Well, no. that's the problem. He was yeah, driving yeah, his yeah. car. It's like a Formula One car. Oh, I've asked a Scotty Sadler question. You have. I can't believe it. The Bathurst 1000 is a thousand k. The steering wheel's in the middle. Is that how, how do you put your arm out the window if your steering wheel's in the middle? Fat arm. Is that what you call in NRL terms a falcon when you get just one right yeah, in the head? That's, that was just a falcon. I'm question. Mario Fennec. Yeah. yeah. Right. No so, so when is the Indy cars? Uh, they they're going to start off. I think they well again their their calendar is also changing because of uh, of what's going on in the United States. They were supposed to start back in Long Beach, but that's now been delayed, and they're not they're not sure when they're going to start. You mentioned Team Penske. Yep. They're no longer involved in supercars. Nope. Will that have an effect on Dick Johnson Racing this year? Uh, yet to be seen. Great question. Yet to be seen. I don't think so because they have retained all of their technical staff. They've got two new drivers and some of the partners, sponsorship partners, uh, whilst they have left the team, it has opened up the floodgates for a whole bunch of other partners to come on. Stuff that that uh, Roger Penske didn't want on his cars are now coming through. Right. So um, yet to be seen, but I, I would hope not. Okay. That's it. They have it. Bit of a mo- and Penrite have pulled out of a team as well. I noticed today. Yeah, big news. That's that is probably huge the biggest news. news. Uh, Dave Reynolds has been confirmed as jumping out of his ten-year deal, one year into a ten-year deal. Is this how with Erebus? How good are motorsport contracts? No. Uh, yeah, with Erebus Motorsport. Yeah. Uh, so they're out. Uh, he's out. Rumored to be going to Kelly Racing right, to yeah. replace Rick Kelly, uh, who's retired. Who has retired? Yep. And Penrite. Rumoured to be joining him in a one oh, car. Wow, they okay. love him. 
So, yeah. Well, right. I think – and that will be announced probably sometime in the next seven days, I should imagine. Right, yeah, mate. When's the driver's seat back with uh, you and Stevie J? We are back at this stage, I think, third week of February. Okay. I was going to ask, how's Stevie J going on holidays? But every day is a holiday for him. I oh, know. He just cruises, doesn't <laughs> he? Does he? Well, not, what a life you realised how much work you do compared to him, Matt? Someone – look, yeah, someone has to shoulder the heavy loads. <laughs> look, you and me, we're the yeah. same. Yeah, the same. You, know yeah. Like. you know what it's like. Oh, just yeah. doing it all. Yeah, the, right. only thing I th- I, the only thing I'll say to Steve is – I do we, – we, he and I are both supposed to be racing Australia Day weekend and I hope he's been into the car and Would tried his race seat because oh. I'm not entirely sure that the race seat he had in there at Adelaide last year in February will fit the Steve Johnson model of today. <laughs> You're saying it's been a good Christmas. Oh, it's been a good year. COVID's oh, been it's not just Christmas. Well. <laughs> no, it's been. <laughs> he's a big. He's a big man for a race racing driver. He is he? a big unit. Yeah. yeah, he is a big unit. And he stands and, next to the old man, and you go, "Gee, yeah. Davey." Yeah, and, and you know, like well we, all, when you're a kid. we all have a crack at him. Like <laughs> we all have a crack. He's got his mum's body, but we we have a crack at him uh, about oh. how big he is. But would have been real... a good back rower in footy, I reckon. Just good size for it. Are they big? Big. Right. Yeah. Okay. Front row. Matt Could doesn't understand football. I don't understand football. He doesn't oh. at all. The Falcon, that was my limit. This is Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Yeah, welcome back to it. Uh, during the week, Badge and I caught up with Justin Holbrook, the head coach of the Gold Coast Titans. Did you learn much during that COVID break that we had during the year, that nine-week break, about how much they really need uh, preparation-wise to get ready for a season? Oh, it's, it's it's always a funny one, um, because as a coach, I mean, you want as long as you can. You know, you feel like you've got to get everything done and, and um, you're never sort of satisfied. But having come from England, who who they have, you know, we play really long seasons over there and have short off-seasons. Like we actually, I know it's different from this year, but mm. the competition over there starts at the end of January and finishes after the NRL. So I'm, I'm actually used to the shorter pre-season. So... Um, in terms of that this year, I mean, it, I'm okay with it. But the the whole COVID break year, I think, um, with us having limited training time, I think we sort of saw a lot, lot, you know, more injuries in the games quicker. So you do need as much training as you can get, as long as the players have had a good break. So that's the key. But you know, yeah. we're lucky enough to to get a good sort of two weeks break over that Christmas period. So just to sort of refreshen them up, and and now we're still got a you know good sort of seven weeks till we play a trial. So it, it's enough. Plenty of new faces at the Titans. Uh, what do you do outside of training so the blokes get to know each other and get to bond somewhat? Yeah, not much. I think it's changed since, uh, you know, the old days where you, you know, all get on the drink sort of, and, and that's the way it's done. So we don't actually do a lot. Yeah. Um, mm. The sort of, we hear that often. Like we're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my answer is I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we're here all week, so I think it's good to sort of you know, get, get away for the weekend and, and spend it with their family, or, or a few of them obviously hang out together. The, the young guys are, are good mates, so um, yeah, but I don't sort of go out of our way to, to uh, do anything different. No. Nothing wrong with a game of golf with the beer cans and your buggies and... Yeah. Anyway, that's... Yeah, that's well, well, they're on a golf course. Uh, I mean, yes. you're, you're on a golf course, yeah. Justin, so... Yeah, we are. Yeah, I don't get out there too often, but... Um, yeah, you put a good thought in my head now. <laughs> hey, um, second year in charge. It's kind of becoming your team now, Justin, and you've got a bit of got a bit of depth there. It's, it must be pleasing as a coach to see uh, some competition for spots this year. Yeah, definitely. Now I'm really obviously happy. You know, we've, we've talked 
before about the key guys who come in in the club and and obviously the way we finish the season is is a real good combination for for some sort of good good you know I guess jostling for for positions and you know I've got so many good players as you both said and some real good depth to try and fit everyone into the seventeen um, which will be difficult but that's that's a good part of the job you know you'd rather that than the alternative you know struggling to who you're going to play in position so uh, but yeah look it's great and. Um, yeah, you need it. You will need the depth um, as the year goes on. So it's uh, it's a good position to be in. I've just had a look at your squad, um, uh, as well as the newcomers in the forwards with Sam McIntyre who joined joined you guys. And by the way, he's not on your website too. Yeah, can you just get let that him know. Fixed? I think he's getting a bit upset about that. Oh, worried okay. about his position. Yeah, I think mate, yeah. probably on holidays over there. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> you don't do that as well. That's your job, what isn't it? Yeah, I'll palm it off. Yeah. <laughs> No, and no big, big Tino and Herman Essie, Dave Fafita, of course, and and then and you already had a, a, a fairly good pack before that with Mo Fodawaika and Sam Lasoni and Co. Kevy Proctor, Jared Wallace, James. James, I don't seriously. You, you're going to have some uh, some difficulty fitting them all in. That's um, early next year. So I guess trials. And, and uh, well, the next question was, when are you having trials, or are you having a couple or just one? They're going to be all important for players for these positions. Yeah, they are, absolutely, yeah. And obviously, as you mentioned, with a shorter pre-season, we're only really having the, the one proper trial, um, and it's against the Warriors on the 27th of Feb. We will play against Burley uh, the week before, but that'll oh, yeah. be more, um, yeah, not, not sort of the full-strength side. Of, um, we'll play there. So um, I guess, you know, later this month, when we sort of get into the full opposed sessions, is, is um, when it's sort of going to... You know, be tough for some players. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be difficult uh, once round one does come around. But um, but as I said, you know, we, we sort of need that. Um, last year, I think we started the year, and you know, we were we were looking for blokes. You know, we had a few guys missing through injury, and, and we were struggling a mm. bit. So it's good to, to have it the other way. Yeah, I mentioned Sam McIntyre, who I think is a, a great buy. But the other bloke who kind of snuck in and under the radar, and maybe some people don't know as much about him as. Those close to the game do, but I think Patrick Herbert is a—he's a gun boy, and he's a—he's a good hitter and a really reliable outside back. You got him from the Warriors. What uh, what shapes he in, and and how excited are you to have him on board? Yeah, well, I think you, you summed him up well. Yeah, he's he's a pretty exciting type of player. I think the thing that's hurt Patrick, you know, in the last couple of years has been injury. You know, he's had some hamstring problems and a few other problems and, and even when he started with us he sort of broke down had a bit of a, a foot problem so he's sort of gotten over that now and, and trained really well today actually so yeah I am pretty excited um, to have him I think you, you summed him up well he's a, he's a great outside back he's quick and he and he's strong as you said he's a, a really good defender he put a couple of good shots on today actually at training so yeah, um, yeah so that was sort of Good to see because I guess um, you know one position we sort of got up in the air. I guess at the, at the minute it's probably right centre. That's probably where we're you know not not got a definite start. Obviously Brian Kelly's is locked in on the left there. So um, you know I guess Patrick is is definitely in the running um, to to try and grab that spot. Um, Justin uh, Justin Holbrook, head coach of the Gold Coast Titans, with us on Sports Day. Um, I've got to ask you this question. There's reports that four clubs are chasing Gold Coast local Xavier Coates. Can you confirm, Justin, that you're one of the clubs that would be interested in him from 2022? Yeah, we've only actually just just, um, spoke about him yesterday. And obviously, um, you know, 
from in terms of what we think he's capable of is, is we'd definitely be interested. I think he's, um, you know, a young, exciting player, still only so young and very athletic and very fast. And I think once he gets a bit stronger and fills out a bit, he, he's going to develop into, a, you know, well, as you both know, he's already played Origin, so he's, he's going to develop into a, a really good player. And as you said, he is from the Gold Coast. Um, but as you also mentioned, there's a number of clubs um, that, that will be interested in him. So I'm not too sure. It's only in the initial um, who's interested in him for 20 and I guess you, there's probably four or five, and I'll probably be end up ten, to be honest with you. Mm. Once everyone has a look into it, so I'm um, not too sure whether that'll get to it. It'll obviously all come down to where he wants to play and and how much money he wants, which are the two general factors on <laughs> on decisions like that. But um, it's a, it's a, actually only initially um, as of now, so there hasn't been any real details in it. There's been no negotiation or anything like that. I think it's just a, a level of interest, and, and we're obviously one of those. Those clubs. He's going to have a good team this year. Justin Holbrook, head coach of the Gold Coast Titans. That's it for Off the Bench. We'll be back Monday nights. Catch you then.